Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Square Ball Podcast number 100. I'm Dan. All right. Uh, and apologies from us for our absence for the last however long. Um, yeah, to all intents and purposes, I got a new job in Newcastle, which meant that we couldn't do evenings anymore. We didn't have a studio access in Leeds and jobs and families kind of got in the way for everybody else. Uh, but we decided to get back on the horse, put the band back together and resurrect the podcast, particularly because Leeds United are riding a bit of a crest of a wave at the minute. Things going great with the fanzine as well. Thank you so much to you if you've bought it. Uh, or you're subscribed as well. A couple of issues this season that we've put out already have now sold out, but you can subscribe to the remaining ones uh, via the squareball.net. Just click on the bit that says buy the magazine. Without further ado, then we'll press on straight into the podcast. And this one, number 100, well, we talk about all sorts of things, including bicycle festivals, the toilets at Pop World, uh, three cheers for the departing Belushi, uh, Samuel Saez's bizarre taste in nightlife, and there's a new voice for the podcast, always a favourite. Look out for our Thomas Christensen that makes his first appearance. Uh, on with podcast number 100 featuring Daniel Chapman, a.k.a. Moscow White, Michael Normanson's on there, Andy P and Rob Conlon, who are both writers for The Square Ball. Here it is, TSB podcast number 100. Exciting new era, just like at Leeds United. Everything has changed since we last did the podcast. Michael, you listened to our last podcast. I did. This what afternoon. A, what a trip. What a trip down memory lane. What was going on last time we were doing this? We kind of just hit that little bit of form where we were showing first signs of being half decent. There were kind of signs of us... Were, we were all being surprised that Chris Wood was playing well and had shown, you know, glimpses of being a good footballer. Um, we just beat him Blackburn in the League Cup in front of a crowd of under 9,000, um, which seems a... A long, long, long time ago, really. Now, given you can actually struggle to get a ticket for games these days, Attacker got a mention by you, obviously, because <laughs> um, you liked him. Um, Not yet scored for his new club, but they are doing quite they're well. Doing well they're games, yeah. I saw that his, his new club, who I've never heard of, but they're third in the Belgian top division, whatever <laughs> that's called. Jupila League. That's the one. Um, there was an all-new LUTV. Never catch on. Who did they have new presenters at that point, or was it just? I think they just had made it work on mobile. Right, as revolutionary as it is. It Nokia. Not even on mobile, <laughs> just iOS. Didn't work on Android. Right. That was about it. We were talking about the Rajasthani takeover potentially not happening. Yes, we just heard whispers of uh, a Chinese consortium, wasn't it, backing some another maverick Italian to buy from the one maverick Italian? But I don't think we ever thought anything would ever come of that. And then last season, 
it got better from there. We stopped doing the podcast and things improved. But then, um, I guess we don't need to go over the entire season. We probably do need to talk about how it ended. What do you think went wrong, Andy? What do we think went wrong? Well, the the rumour has it that they we descended into camps in the dressing room and there was a Swansea camp and ex-Swansea manager and ex-Swansea players camp and there was a a Swedish camp led by one of our uh, iconic players. We only had one Swedish player. Well, <laughs> a camp. A camp, the Swedish... Well, well, you can have any kind of camp, but there were people in the camp who weren't necessarily Swedish, but it was led by a Swedish person. That's the, Anyway, that's the... Uh, that was the tittle-tattle from last season. I think on the pitch, we, we talked all season about having a plan B, or the lack of a plan B, and I think that unravelled quite spectacularly in the Cardiff and Wolves home games, where once you went behind... Other, other than bringing on different players who did the same thing to pretty much the same standard in midfield, if Chris Wood didn't take one of his two chances per game, then we just we weren't resilient enough and weren't creative enough to go and, and dig out those results. And you, I went to Birmingham, hardly a stroll, but we won three one. I think we were ten points clear with uh, five gold with a plus five goal difference over the over Fulham. I think it was something like that Never in, in four. <laughs> And we just said, and, and as, as Phil Hay, I'm sure he'll be listening, said, <clears throat> there's no something like that. No way Leeds can blow this now, and uh, and he's been reporting on Leeds long enough to know that anything is possible from well, a failure well, perspective. No, just to bring it right up to the present day, he did that last night as well. We're calling this the morning after the, the evening after the Burnley game. Burnley, when we, were, we went two one up, that's got to be it now. <laughs> Phil, history tells you <clears throat> there is precedent. So uh, yeah, I think there was the, we'd been getting results not particularly playing great football I mean you look at the Sheffield Wednesday game last season I would point to as yeah we uh, Rhodes missed a penalty and I think we took probably one of three chances we had and then Wednesday were all over us and, and in the end they ran out of energy and we, you know, we had some, some great saves but a lot of games were like that last season and you find the pattern repeat itself where but I think when we felt did, did we come from behind to beat anybody in the league Last season, certainly in the second half, I can't remember us doing anything remotely like that. So we did score a lot of goals. I started looking at the start of this season when we did start scoring goals to see how many times we like scored more than two in a game, or how many times somebody other than Chris Wood had scored. And it wasn't many. However, perhaps a sign of like how poor Leeds have had it over the years. It felt at the end of last season like we never had it so good. So mm. then. Uh, and the feeling I certainly had at the end of last season and I wonder if everybody else did if we keep Monk we keep Quartet keep Beattie we keep Wood we keep Green we keep Janssen we keep Bartley if we keep uh, probably Liam Bricker I don't know if I would ever be bothered <laughs> everything will just be fine just build on it Radwick Zanik can come in and we'll build on it and then Rob Gary Monk how do you feel about him now? I was sad when he left I was gutted and now I really couldn't give a fuck, to be honest. It was just... he was I don't know, now Chris Wade Good again, you just look back at him and you think all these little Brendan Rodgers sound bites that he'd come out with and it was these, this little, like, X Factor contestant talking about the journey and stuff. And and he's talked so much about the fans and the club and then it becomes apparent that he's just a bit of a careerist, really. He just wanted to further himself. Since he's gone to Borough as well, he says the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. He's just got that identical Twitter account. It's a pack-up Twitter account, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I I did notice, um, a bit of spare time over the weekend, and I was reading an article by the Middlesbrough captain, whose name escapes me, and he was already talking about the group 
Uh, in fact, he was talking about the group finding out what its identity was. And so you can see that Gary Monk has been in there. Yeah, He's absolutely. Into it. There was a lot of it where um, I was biting my tongue for a long time with Gary Monk because it was going so well and he was all right, but all those things that kind of annoyed you about him um, that started quite early. Um, it's, uh, I'm not going to get on his... You know, I'm not going to gripe about how annoying he can be because he's fine. But then as soon as he went, it was like, right, <laughs> straight back in. <laughs> Almost wanted him to uh, come back to Leeds Magnus or give him some Steve Evans treatment, knowing what I know about him now. It was weird, the departure, because it was probably for the best in the long run because I don't think, I don't think Ragrizzani and Cole wanted him and I don't think he wanted to be part of what they were doing. So, in a way best thing for all concerned that he just left but then it was very strange how everybody up until the moment he left was saying oh no we're definitely going to extend his contract and all this mm. it was a weird little moment of um, here we go again and certainly that's how it was portrayed it was like another opportunity for the press to be like ha ha mm. Leeds are falling apart again mm. But I mean, so the so the tale went. Um, uh, Leeds, and I think this is this is public knowledge anyway. Uh, Leeds approached David Wagner's people before the playoff final, mm. um, and uh, they said that they were they were confident of getting him, quote unquote. Although the story going round was that had Huddersfield not won the final, that he was going to go work with Klopp as his number two at Liverpool, and that was. That was a, you know, a well-known fact within within football. So I think if you no one emerges from it with very much credit, and I'm pleased to say that's probably the last time you can say from a Leeds United perspective that the club doesn't really emerge with a great deal of credit, and also Monk as well. I think you're right; it's worked out perfectly for for both parties. He's got a big pay rise and a huge budget. He's got a chairman who's incredibly loyal to his managers. Very very rarely sacks them, um, and uh, he, he's a you know, it's, it sounds he's at a smaller club he's just with more money basically so as a careerist I think as you as you said Rob what what better for a place for a careerist to be than somewhere where expectations are lower but the salary's higher I think we'd all take that job wouldn't we? To draw a line then under last season the players who left in the summer or at least between then and now the end of Charlie Taylor's time we got to see him a bit last night. Did you join in on the booing? You went to Burnley last night. Did you throw stuff at him? I didn't throw anything at him, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. Again, because Taylor had Byram's agent, I think the writing was on the wall for for a long time. So we all knew he was going because the minute he said he wasn't going to sign his contract, I was of the opinion he should have been sold last summer when Liverpool's the world were looking to pay seven or eight million for him. And that way it would have allowed the club to plan um, more long-term and, and gone out and bought whoever they wanted to spend the money however they wanted to have it spent and get a replacement in as it happened he got injured as you know these things happened it's happened to Bartley at Swansea it, it, it dragged out forever um, who knows whether what the circumstances were around that last game he certainly didn't need it he was protesting his innocence in the Burnley programme last night for anyone who, who didn't see it he said he had, there was a side of the story to be told but why not tell it I, no, I agree with you. Sure exactly. This is the perfect forum to say, yeah. well, go on then. He's going yeah. to wait a few years until nobody cares anymore, and then he'll tell it. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just tell it. If you've, got a, if you've got an alternative version of events, just say what it is, yeah, and absolutely. then people might go, oh, right, that's fair enough. Mm -hmm. But as it is, he's just gone, well, you don't know. You don't know anything about me, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs>
But I mean, again, this was and Sean Dyche was uh, out this morning complaining about why why he was he was being barred. So well, you've just you're between him and Wood, well, you've earned your club twenty million pounds, and it's like if, if there's nothing more than just the money of the Premier League speaking through a person there. So from a Dyche perspective, there's so much money washing around in that in the top league now that well. You got twenty million quid out of it, so why should you be unhappy that someone who's been in your youth system since they were seven years old, you know, left you refusing the contract and came to sign for us because you got seven million pounds? The point I make there as well is that the people in that away end didn't receive any of that no. twenty million. Sure, cool. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, that money, if, uh-huh. if it had gone into the stands of 20 million quid last night and been giving that out, I'm sure people would have been more yeah. grateful for very, it. Very, very happy about it. You but, know, we uh, just get to not watch some footballers. Yeah. Yeah, and thank God for Ladbrokes, by the way. Other betting companies are available, not just Ladbrokes, but um, thank you, Ladbrokes, for expressing how we feel on yes, that subject. Yes, I have now apologised. They've said um, they, they tweeted a middle finger at Taylor and Wood um, after the game, and then they remembered um, they spon- that they actually sponsored Burnley um, <laughs> and apologised, saying it was only intended to be a bit of fun, but failed completely. In the same way Katie Hopkins usually apologises for the kind of horrible stuff that she tweets. It's, it's the same model, it's basically you get in a crowded marketplace, I was saying this today, in a crowded marketplace where there are 500 online gambling places for people to go, where people are spending tens of millions of pounds a year on the front of shirts, sponsoring stands and on TV. And it's, it's hardly sport. You can hardly watch sport with the ad breaks on now because it's literally four minutes of gambling adverts. Then, you know, they've probably got 300,000 people watch that for nothing. Oh, sorry, our bad. Like Paddy yeah. Power offering odds on Ugoeki odds mm. for the next yeah, uh, Villa Yeah, and I, I mean, that's genuinely in bad taste, but this to me was... You know, and it's, it's been done to us before and we've never batted an eyelid we're just used to it but they're very precious over there obviously to be fair I'm only going to bet with Ladbrokes from now on that's yeah. convinced me so absolutely so yeah the system works <laughs> so other players have gone uh, we don't, do we need to dwell too long on Belushki, Dakara and Silvestri I suppose we couldn't send them the end of an era with those three departing yes. in the end Belushi going like, he deserves a bit of, of his own time I think just because he's such a toxic influence on mm. the club. Truly a horrible player yeah. in every respect. Yeah, a dreadful footballer who thought he was brilliant, which is the worst combination. You don't mind it. Someone like... The contrast between him and someone like Berardi, who would himself accept he's like a decent footballer, but limited in a lot of ways, but just gets overcomes it with trying his absolute best all the time. To Belushi's swaggering mm. uselessness. The former, the former owner's... I say former with real glee uh, is Capo Di Capo Belusky, who was uh, uh, and uh, along with Silvestri was a recipe for uh, conceding a goal in, in pretty much almost any game they played and the number of times we, we witnessed them staring at each other in that pose with their arms akimbo shaking their heads at each other was another ridiculous goal had flown in I'd had enough the classic one I found I was, I was looking for photos and I found them um, one of Silvestri and Belushki, they're side by side, both running towards the, their own goal. It's away at Cardiff, chasing Kenwin Jones, and it kind of summed them up. But those two, just like the last line of defence, running towards their own goal, trying to catch a striker, and he managed to sustain um, the ill feeling against him whilst being on loan away at another club all last season. Then come back in the, the pre-season match at Geisley, where he got booed, and people like there was a, there was a certain amount of opinion who said like, no, he's done well in Syria. So we need to give him a chance. No, the fans of Empoli last season were chasing him around the stadium at Syria because they didn't like it, what he was doing. And I watched um, I watched one half of him playing against Napoli, which is maybe an unfair opponent. Um, They've not got Maradona anymore. 
happened. <laughs> um, but they, it was still it was everything that he was at Leeds. He was just just poor. And um, my personal one to highlight from that trio department would be Jakara because we gave Chris Wood a lot of abuse for. Uh, refusing to play at Sunderland and Dakara very quietly just excused himself from the Newport game mm. that week because um, we didn't have a single fit striker at the club so Kimar Roof ended up taking advantage but he was organising his move away so he was like he couldn't play exactly the mm. same situation um, we're better off rid of them all I think um, the other ones have gone Rob Green he was brilliant last year there's no Rob you're called Rob do you miss Rob no, I mean, I think we've kind of forgotten... He was brilliant last season, especially the second half, but I think we've forgotten how bad he was at the start of last season. It, it was really uncomfortable watching him. I remember going to the Reading game at home, and it was just watching a man have a breakdown in the goal. And it was just... It was like watching a Ricky Gervais sitcom. It was just mm. making me cringe. And mm. But, I mean, we've... Well, whether we've got a better keeper or not, I'm not too sure, but... We have. Well, Monaghan is a better keeper. Oh, yeah, <laughs> His, yeah, his, his Leeds career came full circle. It started with him throwing the ball in the net and it ended with him throwing the ball in the net. But he was very good, to be fair to him. I feel a bit disappointed in him just going to sit on the bench somewhere. Pay rise, like... doesn't have to move house, Premier League, better hotels on away trips. Mm. Yeah, I feel like everything he used to say was about wanting to play and at his age and stuff, yeah. and then he's obviously just gone, ah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to move house again. He was a, he was a, a little. Uh, he, he was very disappointed uh, when Gary Monk moved on. Apparently, so he said to he, I'd spoke to somebody who'd spoken to him earlier on before um, Christensen had been announced, and um, to put it mildly, he was he was unimpressed that Monk had left and um, was saying he wasn't going to join in with training and things like that. Or at least that's what was told to me. So the, the fact that he came back, I suppose, is good for him. Huddersfield again. You have to say this, a smaller club, less expectation. If they stay up and he's part of a squad that stays up, then that's him absolutely vindicated. They get an open top bus tour to enjoy. Exactly, then they, they'll, they'll get another one. So he's got a pay rise, less pressure, less expectation. He's uh, you know, like Monk, he's, he's trading the same career path. And he wants to coach as well, I think, as well. So. The only other, I mean, Chris Wood's Chris Wood. Um, Liam Bridcutt's probably the surprising departure of the summer, um, or at least autumn. It'll be easy to say that kind of thing when they move the transfer window to actual summer. Um, anybody missing Liam Bridcup? We've got a million midfielders. Yeah, we've got a lot of midfielders, and I think he was actually a bit disappointing, especially when we fell apart last season. Club captain. And he was meant to be leading the team, and that midfield was very uninspiring towards the back end of last season. And I mean, he ended up getting dropped, didn't he? Was he injured, or he kind of just... The players the team, rotated yeah. in the midfield so much it was yeah. impossible to know, the, the, and they weren't rotated on form. It just it seems to be like you know you walked into the dressing room and there was when you get a cup draw there was just a load of names and balls, and Monk just picked them out and went oh yeah Ronaldo you're in oh, I'm sorry you know you'll have to wait till next week. It was so. that thing you were wanting someone to step up and just make that place their own and as club captain you'd expect him to do it especially when he was one of the older players and I, I didn't get it because quite happened, a few people have said oh, you know, oh Brickett's gone no I think that's a, that's a bad decision they're like 22 games last season so he didn't even play a half a season and I can remember him being decent in 3-4 and that's as a defensive player in a defensive team so in Steve Evans' team where we had Scott Wooden to his right <laughs> and practically nobody else. Actually, he looked pretty good in a in a bad side. He looked good, yeah. uh, which isn't the ma- isn't the makings of a good player. It's just he's in a bad side. I think that's I think why people thought it was a mistake because they've mistaken 
championship experience and championship quality for that's what get you promoted. Um, it's like him and uh, Dave Diaraga um, that it's those are the players that you need in the championship because they will get you tenth mm. every single yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. Whereas actually, if you sign somebody like Samuel Saez, uh, you'll win the Galactic Cup. So, it's the thing with Brinkett as well, he could only play one way. Whereas Phillips has always, and he still is, I think, a defensive midfielder. But equally, he doesn't mind bombing forward and occasionally getting in front of the striker and trying to run on stuff. Whereas Bridcut, he used to sit behind the defender sometimes. Behind the goalkeeper. He dropped so deep Why to pick up the up? ball, you'd be thinking, just fucking move up. <laughs> Let the, we've got, particularly last year when we had Bartley and Janssen, who were reasonable at mm. playing the ball. It wasn't like when we had Scott Button there and obviously someone did need to get it off him <laughs> as quickly as possible Tackle him. to prevent any damage. But like we had good footballers in the team last year. Just let... let them run out with the ball you don't need to do this how are we feeling about the season so far probably the person to start with is um, are we giving all the credit to Thomas Christensen I like him I think Orta's got to take a lot of credit as well because he came from Middlesbrough with a frankly terrible reputation Um, but what has, has happened is he's obviously been given completely free reign to go out and not build a, a network, a scouting network, as well as go out and, and recruit players um, who were, as you say, to get us into the top six. So it's not just been as we've been for five years. You know, the reason why we've been treading water is because we've been buying players who've allowed us to tread water. And occasionally, a gem has come out of the youth system; they've then been sold. Um, occasionally, a player like Chris Wood has suddenly become brilliant after a couple of seasons of yeah, he's okay. But by and large, we've been recruiting players to keep us in stasis because we didn't have any money um, but we had to the, so if we, we, we'd gone and recruited English style we would have had to have spent 100 million quid frankly to go and get the number of players the quality of the ones that we've got when you see Wood going for 15 million when you see Taylor going for 7 million but you look when, at the squad now and you think if we were to sell in January if someone comes in for size we would no, we yeah. would probably legitimately <laughs> ask for like them. 20, 20 million, million. Yeah, it wouldn't I surprise me at all if someone comes in for him and we surprise me at yeah, all. We've paid for three. Can we not talk about selling players in January. Please? No, but what, what we're saying is that the lunatic, the, the, the way the way this is now working is because there's so much money in the top division. We've already talked about this. There's 150, 140, 150 million pounds. So if you have to gamble by spending 20 on a player who you've seen play very good football and the top of the championship at the bottom of the Premier League based on last night and a few other games I don't think there's that much difference between the two then then it's a, you'll roll the dice won't you because there's a we've seen what's happened to a lot of clubs that have come down you know Sunderland are crippled already with debt and they're going to be there's no way Touchwood Sunderland reach the top six Villa the same you know and they're finding out that it's it's not the walk in the park that a few clubs have, have made it out to be Sunderland fans are talking about they reckon Grayson's going to be the man to keep them up <laughs> highlights so far has anybody, have you got a favourite moment from the season so far that, that's doing it for you Rob Alioski's goal at Forest particularly stands out I think that was probably our, I know they absolutely tore Burton apart but the Forest game I think was our best performance of the season mm. felt like they were I mean they were meant to be good and it, it kind of reminded me of the Derby game last season where we were playing a good team but we just didn't rather than think oh they might cause us any trouble we just didn't let them it's like no we're just going to boss you and we don't really do that very often or we, we haven't until this season and uh, that was just the culmination of everything good about this team as well with Phillips's tackle and then the class of Alioski just getting it and smashing it into the bottom corner it was perfect that was a game as well that did make you think we really don't need Bridcup 
like he was Phillips in that game was twice the player he was and you think we've we had him he's just ours yeah. <laughs> might as well no point having the uh, more, more expensive older version of him you know, we've, you, we've already got Phillips if you listen to Facebook and or the table of people who were sat in front of when Leonardi was standing at the beanback of the Burton Albion game last season Calvin Phillips uh, should basically uh, move far away which is a polite way of saying that he should I'm not saying I've not had doubts about him in the past because he's not got the same sort of sort of class on the ball as other players. But I think this year he's he's coming to his own because he's he's playing in a system that mm. I think suits him. Yeah, and he can be a bit all action in this, whereas Monk seemed to always want two two holding midfielders, which didn't really suit him. I didn't think. No, he's playing. I've been looking at him a bit more this because I couldn't work him out. I've always been a bit fifty-fifty on. Um, Phillips, not to the point where I want to sit in Billy's bar and scream abuse at like a televisual representation of him. Um, but even uh, even at the Birmingham game, he got in two really good tackles, and then because he headed one ball straight to one of their players, loads of people are like, "Fuck off, Phillips, you crap!" But um, this he, he you mentioned it before. He's playing a lot further forward. When um, I looked at some of the games before Chris Wood left, he's basically Chris Wood's well, that, that Forest goal. He was yeah, it was a big heavy midfield kind of tackle but it was right up at the up there end of the pitch it was mm. against Bolton as well he was actually running beyond the striker mm. and he's the only central midfielder we've got that actually does that mm. and he's a guy who can do both because in the second half of that game him and you O'Kane just when we were start conceding just sat in front of the back four and it's like right we're not going to let you get through mm. and it's um, and that's been in a few games where it's like first half the Luke goes right forward second half the two of them just sit there so that's working really well and also on Phillips it's worth mentioning the Dylan Thwaites Arklin issue one where he mentioned that Phillips decks Belushi or at least mm. kicks him in training reportedly yes. uh, but I still don't think we can give him enough credit for that really <laughs> at all. Highlights Michael what's been your favourite moment of the season so far? It's, a, it's obvious but just the, the whole experience of the Burton game going and watching a Leeds team just properly dick someone because <laughs> 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 we've, we've played well at points last year and there were games where you left thinking it just sounds odd to say given you sort of pay to go every week but say actually you could actually legitimately leave saying I enjoyed that but the Burton game was just sort of joyous it was mm. like and it felt like we got to five and then sort of put our feet up and it was like could have probably scored eight or nine mm. really wanted yeah. to. we just absolutely dominated them so completely it was just like watching a, a decent lead side of old it's worth pointing out as well that they went their next game was Fulham I think there's Norwich and they got point and yeah, then they beat no, Fulham no. Mm-hmm. Right, so. so it's not like we they're absolute whipping boys. And the big draw now, because uh, Sky have them on this evening at Old Trafford. That's really? their live game. Well, that's an interesting test, that if Man United don't beat them by more than five, does that mean that we're better than them? Mm, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think we can legitimately say that. We can take their place in the... Uh, what, which European competition Champions League I think they are in the Champions League after well that's what half a billion pounds gets you obviously what's been your favourite moment of this wonderful season so far I think if we had to just to pin it on one thing it would be Lasaga's goal first goal against Burton because we, we we had this extremely long period of Willie won't he you know flies in does he want to come does he not want to come you know this bad boy reputation that he'd acquired lots of lots of naysayers lots of people doubting whether or not he'd be effective and then you know 18, 19 minutes, he's in, first chance, scores, monkey off the back, 
So he's now able, he's not going to be a bit like Grot's going to get if he doesn't get one soon. They'll be, oh, he's been brought into striker and he's not scored. But Lasoga, if you watch the Birmingham game as well, he's instrumental in the ball going out to Dallas. He's fouled, actually. And then when he came on last night and they had to play a more disciplined role basically making sure that keeping their two centre halves on is before they knocked it long so he does the hard work but he can also finish as well but that that it uncorked Ellen Road that, that Lasaga goal I don't think any of us could really believe how many people had turned up and we also expectation because I've been you out know, we've all been turned up to Ellen Road for years and the expectation's been at times negligible you know when I get a point from this that Warnock season where we lost 14 games at home that was beyond beyond painful but it was turning up right they, they we're going to beat Burton we're going to beat them comfortably but you've still got to get that early-ish mm. first goal to open the floodgates and Michael's absolutely right as soon as we were never out of second gear had we carried on playing the way we were playing it would quite easily have been Seven, eight, nine, nil cricket score stuff, and Nigel Cliff admitted that afterwards they're just better quality of players. I think the thing you touched on as well with the Burton game, just having it full, just feels. Mm. It just, I was having not an argument such, but someone on after I posted a screenshot of the ticket availability, and some someone was sort of saying to me, "Oh, I'd, I'd, all these kind of." Glory supporters. I mean, glory is burnt at home. It's not. A, it's not a glory game. <laughs> Who exactly. comes to Ellen Road for glory? <laughs> but as you were saying, like um, you know, I'd rather have twenty thousand passionate fans there. But the, the problem is, it's not been twenty thousand passionate fans. It's been twenty thousand really quite annoyed people most of the time. Disaffected. Like, yeah. We've been going, but it's been shit. Yeah, hasn't it? You go and, you, and it's shit, and you sort of mooch home and you're like, "Fuck's sake, uh-huh. useless." Yeah, and that's all you think of it. It's not no. like. It's not been everyone screaming and really getting behind the team. It's just been a bit shit most yeah. of the time. My wife stopped asking years ago. <laughs> she stopped asking what the score was in about 2008. She just doesn't bother. It's moved on a lot. The quality plays. Lasaga's an interesting one because I don't know where that bad boy thing came from. I don't know if it's just because he hangs out with his mum too. <laughs> so I tried. Tra- I translated some stuff from Germany, and it seemed to be that he's like he's not very good, but he's kind of cult. Hero one Hamburg fan was gutted that he left, not because he was like a brilliant striker, but because he always scored when they needed him to score. It was like our hero mm. is leaving us. But one Leeds fan was good when Belewski left. So I mean, yeah, they're, 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 those people are at every club. Other ones who've come in, um, the one obviously who I've fallen in love with who has stolen my heart, Samuel Saez. Have you ever seen a better player? You mentioned Maradona at Napoli before. <laughs> no. Similar effect on the city as a whole, isn't it? When Maradona went to Naples, we've got Saiz now in Leeds. Yeah, he's recreational. <laughs> he's not quite as, uh... Well, actually, if you talk about a bad boy reputation, he is, uh, his, actually is concrete. I was look, reading about him at all his clubs in Spain, where Spain, he was only really playing, he was in their Segunda League, most of it, for B teams. He played for Real Madrid B, Getafe B, Atlético Madrid B, I think Valencia B, maybe, and at the end of it, yeah, Atletico Madrid, he was turning up late for training, blaming it. He turned up late for a match, blaming it on a bicycle festival. Um, he was There was disciplinary action against him from the club that um, for a training ground incident that I don't know what it was more of. And it was all blamed on, basically, that he loves, he enjoys nights out too much. Um, but suddenly he's come to, it seems like, apparently the coach he had at Huesca for the last two seasons um, got him and made him the central focal point of the team and I think we're now reaping the benefits but yeah he could end up just like Leeds, we'll Leeds has got a pop world now <laughs> who we'll, knows we'll find him in the toilets of pop world in it 
um, a drunken stupor one one night. But that would just make me love him more. It sounds a bit Ross McCormacky from what you said there. That yeah. he can be very good. Does he fly to? Spent a lot of his. <laughs> Yeah. So, so he's got the personality and the uh, the lifestyle of uh, John Sheridan, but the looks and the playing uh, familiarity of David Batty. Can you think? And all the skills of uh, a young Thomas Brolin. Is there any better combination? Am I the only one who loves? Is, is that a question or a statement? Though <laughs> we're confused. We're, I'm, I'm basically. We love him too. Okay. We all much? love him. Who loves him most? What do you love well, you about? <laughs> he's, he's exceptionally good. There's, every game he has at least one or two moments where he, he just has an ability to take his first touch in such a way that means he can do something with it. Mm. Whereas someone like, not this isn't meant to be slagging him off, but someone like Phillips doesn't have that creative thought in the head where they, they sort of think, if I can just get it, if my first touch can knock it to my right, I can then spray it to the left wing sort of mm. thing. Whereas say he just, he just can do stuff like that. He sees things that other players mm. don't seem to. It is a bit like when we signed Janssen and everyone's like, why is he playing for us? He's really good. Mm. It just feels a bit like, like, how have we got him? Why haven't, hasn't anyone better signed him? We've got Andy the Willie. Well, yeah. Yes, uh, he's got, uh, let's look forward to the next Enjoy couple of months. Um, and... Uh, but I, I agree with you completely. You, you you look at you're looking at a player and you're saying, well, he's too good for the division that we're in. But that's the point that we keep coming back to is we're just not used to a club going out and being ambitious enough to say we're going to sign a bunch of players who are too good for the league we're in because we want to get out of the league we're in. And there's a you know I think there's a recurring theme here, isn't there? And if we carry on doing that more in January, um, then hopefully we won't be in the league that we're in and we'll be able to watch. Wooden Taylor sail back down to along with the along with our noisy neighbours sail back down to the championship. I think there's a bit of a lack of creativity in transfers as well. Like if you look at players like Middlesbrough have signed, hmm. they've not really thought about it. They've just sort of yeah. it looks like they've just gone. Anyone could do that. They've just yeah. asked around pubs. So who's good? Oh, I think that Sombolongo is quite good. All right, we'll get him. How much? Yeah, fine. Cruciate, what? What was that you say? Cruciate? No, it'd be fine. <laughs> Medical? No, he can walk here, can't he? This is a good point to uh, briefly touch on Harry Redknapp, Kings. <laughs> Brilliant. Who, within two hours of being sacked, of being, he was on Talksport just like complaining about it. Needing um, a couple more players in? Well, Down to the bare bones? He signed 40 <laughs> players and he complained he said I couldn't get the deals over the line I couldn't get the players I wanted that was the problem if I got the players I wanted and what the examples he had he said I had a, I had a Ghanaian boy work permits with a big problem and a boy from Ghana captain of Ghana he was coming in captain of Nigeria he was coming in I'm like, and when you were these that, emails that someone had sent to him about the captain of Nigeria exactly and it's like Harry Redknapp has not spent Victor Orta did the LUTV um Facebook Live thing where he sat reading questions off a mobile phone that people had sent him. They talked about how when they're wanting to sign a player, they do a 200-page report on everything they can find out about him, and then they go to Thomas Christensen and say, we think we think this is the player that we need. What do you think? Here's everything we can find out about him. Harry Redknapp doesn't have a 200-page report on the boy, the Ghanaian boy. I don't if Harry Redknapp's read 200 pages of anything <laughs> that's got the sporting admitted, life. He admitted in that court case, didn't he, that he doesn't read stuff. Yeah. Anywho, our signing, but so size is there. Other good signings, Alioski. Yeah, uh, I mean, the decent. I think for, again, we're just upgrading the wide players, aren't we? We're, we're, Sacco. We, well, Sacco. <laughs> Sacco the first permanent signing of the summer. But I, I, my assumption was that that was uh, activated by appearances 
last season because based on the the last three or four months there was absolutely no reason for us to sign him whatsoever he's good on Twitter uh, but yeah he's very yeah he's, he's funny he has a new hashtag and that yeah, that immediately won him lots of fans on social media but last night I keep on having to go back to this he, he looked like an absolute world beater he, he literally did not he wasn't the same player and when he went through one on one with the keeper we were all expecting him to miss and people were ducking behind the goal um, slammed it straight through through Pope's legs as well and megged him at the same time and there was as I said there was a, a microscopic hush for a second as everyone realised the ball was actually in the net as opposed to smashing some eight year old Burnley fan in the face and then uh, which would have been good well. which would have been equally <laughs> I would have celebrated like what, a goal what actually. I uh, what I noticed about Sacco last night and what was absent when he at the start of the season was not just that he finished because he's his final ball was rubbish on a couple of occasions before that anyway but he was running mm. with the ball it's being direct yeah. and it's being direct which mm. the first uh, few games of the season that Bolton appearance he was awful the air shot of Bolton summed him up I think and I wonder if because you mentioned before that a lot of the credit for how good this season has been so far is Orter but if Christensen's on the pitch Sacco's been rubbish taken out the team and then when he comes back in he's magic mm. and um I think we said Phillips is looking like the player that we always wanted him to be. Who else is playing better than? Uh, okay, than I think he's been really good. Hugely influential. Cooper okay. as well. Yep, Cooper improved again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think is there something? This guy who turned up from Cyprus, the the, uh, the holiday hockey day, um, good coach. Hmm. Seems to be. It would, they are definitely playing a different. And I hate when people say this, but it is a different brand of football, isn't it? to last season we have got a lot of players who weren't getting much time under Monk who've revived themselves and now Kane I think is on a and you've also got a lot of players who've got contract extensions as well so Stuart Dallas four years yeah four years so yeah but uh, Stuart Dallas has talked about it this week where that contract extension has has saved his career and you look at the 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 Dallas of this season just gone to Norwich it'll be all right thank you good work Anyway, carry on. If you look at the Dallas of this season, last season he was a six, six and a half, seven out of ten player every single week. He wasn't dominating games, he wasn't controlling them, and he wasn't influencing with games and results. This season he's already done that two or three times. And he's obviously, he, he, he likes it, he said that already, he's got the security, he's got your family as well, given a contract extension for three years. That's just the right way to deal with players. And again, we've been brought up on. Oh, that eighteen-year-old uh, lad's got a three-month contract extension. There's a tick in the box for the for the previous ownership, and no, it's not. That's not the way you conduct your business. Um, it's a professionally run club that does things the right way, and people are still getting used to that. What seems key with Dallas is he seems to be happy to be substitute, hmm? and he'll play like last night. He went to left back again for the second game in a row, so he'll do that, and he'll do it for the team. It seems to hint towards. A happier place, maybe because Christensen's just a nice guy. He does seem like a very nice guy, I have to say. He's uh, he's one of those that when he came in, obviously, much like Hockaday, as you already mentioned him, everyone did hear the name and go Wikipedia, yeah, have a little look. Oh, okay. And we found all those photos of him at Barcelona looking splendid. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at his career, you even before he'd, he'd kind of started, you think well, he's due a certain amount of respect because he's a player who has actually sort of travelled and tried to find jobs in places and. Like English managers don't do that, do they? For example, yeah. they mainly. Harry Redknapp at Birmingham is like the first job he's taken outside of London. Yeah, like ex pros in this country just apply for jobs and, and they moan like fuck when they don't get them. <laughs> and the that's basically the bottom. thing. He was being called, people were coming in calling him a genius. Never left London. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> 
Whereas if you think, well, you know, speaks how many languages? Like three, 20. four languages. Yes, yeah, let's say twenty. Um, and just seems kind of level-headed about stuff. He talks about death a lot, yeah. and, he's a, and he's a bit too high pitch. Yeah, his voice doesn't match his face, does it? Which is really weird. I do like him. It's a bit like a thing I've been doing. I've got a, a consistent Thomas Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for that. No, I wouldn't. He does, though. Have I've been watching his uh, press conferences? There is a slight edge to him, in some ways. In that, I, I wonder because he doesn't like questions about injured players because he basically says, "I am not a doctor." I don't know if he'll be back. I mean, he's blatantly lying about stuff as well. He's saying, Cooper, yeah, he'll be he'll be back at the weekend. No sign of him. And then transfer questions as well. There was one press conference before the end of the window where he was getting through all the transfer questions. He just said, you have to ask Victor. I don't know about that. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think so, maybe. And then when uh, one of the jurors said, Right, I think that's all the questions about transfers. Now he, he kind of he, he visibly went, ah, now I don't have to be so tense. <laughs> There's got to be a, sh- a darker edge to him. Mm. He loves a closed question, though, sorry. Because you, you get a closed answer, don't you? Yeah. Can you win the league? Yeah. No. Yes. And that's the, that's other, that's the other one where he's really tough on Alioski's uh, Goal of the Month award. And I wonder if, um, it may be one of Christensen's behind the fact that he had to celebrate it with a photograph of the entire squad because uh, when he was asked about that he said well this is very nice but it doesn't do anything for the team it gets Leeds United nothing uh, so he has to keep playing well and then um, he left him out the next game <laughs> so what were you about to say Rob? On, in the Sky Sports post-match interviews it, it, I, I don't think it is his broken English I think he's just been clever whereas he'll sometimes just answer a different question to what he's being asked mm. if he just doesn't like the question he'll just talk about something else and then he just walks off essentially <laughs> which is good yeah he's quite good at um, Pretending not to understand yeah. questions as well. Sometimes, like, what's this? What's this word? Don't know. And then he'll. And then he'll. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Buy himself some time. That's all the good stuff. It took us to uh, Millwall, and I'm not saying that just because we were going to record a podcast, we had to have one bad result. What did it say about the weaknesses in Leeds United this season, Michael? It's hard to say because it's Millwall, and it's just what happens at Millwall. Yeah, it's, it's we generally speaking over the last I don't know how long we've been playing them, ten, twelve years, something like that. We've generally been a better team than them. And yet they always seem to get the results. I think the frustration was we all knew how it was going to be and how they were going to play. So there are, there are Hmong tribesmen in Laos who are still fighting the Vietnam War who haven't seen the television since 1969 who knew how Millwall were going to play in that game. Are they still hunting Pablo Hernandez? Yes, probably. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately not hunting Belusky, but they all knew how they were going to play and uh, we turned up, said a lot of the right things... Yeah, we understand how the atmosphere is yeah. going to be, well, and we said didn't. he knew what they were going to do. He said they played exactly as I expected them to play, mm-hmm. and yet Hernandez started, which is you know. I, didn't I wonder how much of that is Hernandez himself. If he just needs to hold his hands up, I he needs to at the start of every season hand in a list to the coach and say, "Listen, I've been playing in England for five years now. These are the teams that I just can't play against." Barnsley, no. Not I did yet. enjoy the uh, on the, the comments on the stream. I was watching the game on. After about 40 minutes, someone commented saying, we really need to get Hernandez on so he can control the ball. <laughs> and then about 15 people like, yeah, he has been playing these past 40 minutes, I'm afraid. But Obviously not endorsing the <laughs> watching of illegal strings, but no, if they no, are no, available no. to you, then that's all good. It was actually on YouTube, so... Oh, OK. Sounds completely <laughs> legit. <laughs> Stranger, listening to the last podcast we did, I was complaining about Hernandez on that for basically the same thing. Mm. He just didn't. Disappearing mm. entirely from certain games, and mm-hmm. I think it's just we have to accept it is. That's also the real. He needs space. So when he came on last night, he, look, that pass was mm. was possibly the best pass I think I've ever seen anyone play. Yeah, one. so he just comes on, and but it's, it's not. It's about having your head up and seeing it, but it's also about executing it as well. So whilst we have a player that can do that, I think we're going to have to accept that in some games he's not going to be able to do that. But if he can produce that kind of form more often than not then we're going to be a, absolutely be a force to be reckoned with. That's just having good players with a lot of talent. Never put it in for 46 games over a, a Burnley on a Tuesday night. Normally it just doesn't happen, so you just have to accept that. I think he has improved this year. I think he's closing down and stuff. Has been, it has been a marked difference from last year. Well, he's a winger now. Yeah. I think he likes as well I think having Saez and Alioski around for better players. So mm. he can do one-twos, whereas if he's playing... Passing it to Dakara. <laughs> wasn't really working was it and that's one of the things again going back to a Christensen press conference thing he was asked somebody tried to do like a long form interview with him on the back of a press conference of the week which I think he was quite surprised about why this person was peppering him with questions um, and got him to talk a little bit about his uh, I guess his presentation on what Monk did wrong last season and uh, he said well I'll give you an example and one ex- what example is that I think Chris Wood is too isolated and uh, Pablo Hernandez is trying to play as a second striker so he's always too close to Chris Wood and you lose him as a player so that needs to change and that is just one example and so that's one thing that's changed Pablo Hernandez is rejuvenated because he's not being told to go and like stick with Wood he's mm-hmm. now uh, go and hang out with Samu and es- Gianni um, Eskian I'm, I'm still not sure which one to go with Alioski's the easiest so I don't know why I'd want to say that Hang out with your fun mates and have a nice time and just accept that against Millwall it won't work. Hmm. 
Neil Harris, after the Millwall game, claimed that if it was a boxing match, it would have been stopped after 15 minutes. Steve Morrison um, also had plenty to say about um, how Leeds... He's like, oh, I don't really care that it was Leeds. It doesn't really matter. And this is after having a two-page spread in the Football League paper talking all about um, Leeds. It would have been lovely to beat them. I think you're right. We just lose at Millwall. If Thomas Christensen can't beat Millwall, neither can anybody as a Leeds manager. Steve Morrison can fuck off. <laughs> he's, had, he's had more good games against Leeds than four Leeds. Yeah. The Billy well, Painter effect is that. Mm. Yeah. Part of what he said afterwards is that um, it's because uh, Millwall now is not being judged on scoring goals. <laughs> they're being judged on their aesthetic beauty now did I miss a meeting <laughs> and what I thought was uh, really revealing was he said I'm, I'm not at that stage I was earlier in my career where I feel the pressure to score goals to try and get a transfer and I think that revealed a lot about that mm-hmm. knobhead attitude but then potential sticking point but we went to Burnley beat them on penalties is that going to be because it's a reserve team essentially but the kind of um, morale boost that we got from Norwich last season, are we getting that again from mm. Burnley last night? I think, well, <clears throat> we're a better team than, than last season, so the, the Norwich result, I think Norwich was more about being down to ten men, wasn't it, from, from our perspective, and then coming th- and also penalty shootout. So coming through all those things and putting over on a team who'd been a bogey side of ours for uh, for quite a while. Last night, you're right, was a you know, half-and-half reserve team. We had the, the first-team players on towards the end, but they were confident last. I mean, it was. It wasn't just a great display. There were, so your is of the world as well. This wasn't. Oh, I tell you what, uh, it's a cup competition. So we'll just shoehorn you in there, and we'll see how you get on. And as long as you know you'll be dropped at the weekend. And he did. He didn't play like that at all. Um, and I don't know who ever thought he was a midfield player. I must admit, I having seen him play centre back this year, I, I can't picture him as a midfield as a, as a dynamo midfielder. with a seven on his back. I Maybe mean, in a really crap team because yeah. that's basically what happened oh, Liam, like Steve Evans leads so next to Liam Bridcutt and the, the two yeah. of them could play together big man little man but uh, no I, th- I thought we were completely completely different to that Norwich game a year ago um, we're not going to win it and um, we'll probably get some horrible away tie in, in the fourth round but it's the kind of thing where as I said it was it, for Leeds it was a spare game because if it lost it you said well you know, we're not going to win it if you go through, you can say, "Well, one hour for Millwall because uh, we've got we've got the result there." So it works either way. I kind of think we need these games a little bit though, because we've got such a massive squad. Just to give the players some games, like Click seems to be improving mm. every game. Mm. So if they get a bit of game time, it means if there is an injury and we do have to drop someone in, they're not just coming into it cold. Mm. Right? The one I guess Lonergan has put is I've, I've been calling him Viedveld, but then the commentator on the stream I was watching was calling him Viedveld over the top. Who would you pick on Saturday? I think Vigvel's been brought as the number one keeper, and you you go with your number one. I from jury's out, isn't it? Because we a, a lot of good saves on Saturday, mm-hmm. but distribution in the Birmingham game very very poor. He's generally from the had not a lot to do as well. Mm. Like the stretch we had of, of clean sheets, he didn't really make any saves. No, for me either. made so, like five saves about five games in, haven't they? So it's very very know. hard to judge him. Whereas. I suppose when you look back the, the warning signs were there at the end of last season because even when we were winning games Rob Green was tending to make two or three really good saves in a game and mm. then we'd win five or six we'd win one nil whereas this like any of us could have played in net against Burton and we would have still won I'm sure they would have had a few more shots <laughs> from distance but he do you know what I mean <laughs> you know what I mean it was not he didn't have anything to do yeah. as a goalkeeper he didn't even have any crosses to deal with particularly he just had to pass it around his back four occasionally 
which is probably what's going to keep him in the gig because Lonergan didn't particularly look like he was especially when he chewed Nessie out at one point for <coughs> passing the ball back to him um, which he was not happy about and I think the response was that's what we're supposed to do we pass the ball to you now but he definitely did a better job of it than Rob Green start of the season then overall are we going up as champions or through the playoffs because it's one or the other <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> We are top of the league. We should. Um, I've just turned over my piece of paper and found the league table in full co- colour. We are in first place in the league. Uh, played eight, won five, drawn two, lost one. Goals four, fourteen against three, seventeen points. Um, that's. I think somebody worked out that if we keep up this form all the way through the season, we will finish with something like 120 points. And we'll be that sounds up. reasonable. Yeah. That should yeah. be enough. <laughs> Well, I think if you remember, this is the exactly the same part of last season uh, in which Huddersfield won the league. Yeah. So you know we can we might as well get the open top bus uh, now. That's the end of Square Ball Podcast number one hundred. Uh, do download number one hundred and one, which will follow quickly behind this one, which is part two of the Great Comeback Podcast. And I'll see you there. In the meantime, if you are pausing and you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the magazine at thesquareball.net. Just click on the bit that says buy the magazine. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.